The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Geeks, and welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, cycles, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, comic books, and what have you. And tonight, this has been a property that has been floating around the Geeks Under the Influence Network for years, trying to find what we want to do with it, to the point where there was a long-lost audio commentary that we did on this movie that we ended up watching the movie instead of actually commenting on it, so it never got released. Uh, this was a movie that we talked about doing a geekified like live event night thing with. Uh, we've talked to multiple people about being on Smack My Pitch Up for Empire Records and one thing or another happened or uh, it, it just never came about. So this is something that I've been waiting for for this uh, for this podcast and just on the network is a movie that I was so obsessed with that I watched virtually every single day. Around the time that I was 14, I had a, a TV in my room and I just sat in I, Empire Records every single day. Uh, and that's what we're talking about tonight is Empire Records. And with me to help dive into the absolute 1990s alternative teen on Wii movie, uh, Empire Records, we've got Katie from Necropolis. Well, Sinead O'Rebellion, <laughs> shock me, shock me, shock me with that, that deviant behavior. behavior. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I had no idea that there was such this um, epicness around Empire Records and the Geeks Under the Influence Network. Like, I'm kind of honored to be your guest for this movie. I'm, I'm stoked. so happy to have you. Uh, the <laughs> times that we've uh, had you on a number of the different shows, uh, you've always come in with some real knowledgeability and excitement for the material. And the fact that you, how excited you were when bringing up Empire Records as an idea. I knew oh, that, yeah. that was going to be a good time for both of us. So, like you said, this was like a movie I watched countless times when I was a teenager. Like, such a formative experience for me. Like, everything about it is just perfect. Perfect. I love it. It really is. To the point where, because looking at it at, through an adult lens now and thinking back to when I'm watching this movie at 14, be like, this movie gets me. You know, the, <laughs> relatable i was just a little fucking sad boy like teenager no. just being like oh angst <laughs> oh my god i thought Corey had like the, the that blue sweater and the skirt with the combat boots i was like i can wear combat boots with skirts this is epic she has that great um like half jeep or whatever it is that car that she picks oh, up yeah. renee zellweger yep. in it's just amazing and let me don't even get me started on like the biggest crush that i had on lucas rory cochran like that was my man. I loved him. I <laughs> quoted him endlessly. Like he was, I just, he's everything. Like everyone loved AJ, but Rory was it for me. Like I love Lucas. AJ was fine and all. I had nothing against him personally, but like he was no, not the one that I, I wanted to be friends with out of the dudes. Like not at Lucas, all. He's bland. Lucas was that guy that just commanded presence of the room, even when he didn't yes. do a whole lot. Like I can't tell you the right. number of times as a teenager, I would say in the immortal words of the doors, <laughs> the time to hesitate is through. He's through. I love him. I, What's with today today? Oh, and you know what? For some reason, I thought that was the most fucking poignant thing I've ever heard when I was Same a child. here. Same here. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Lucas and Mark are like the two dudes I want to be friends with, well, for sure. Mark, you don't take that seriously because he's just no. like in his own little world, but he's such a blast to hang out with. You're like, he's just right. the best. He's a sweetie pie. He's the great. the yeah. dream scene where he gets eaten by Guar is <laughs> <Right>. just <laughs> so fantastic. So, yeah, I love this movie. It's a fantastic film, and if you have not had the chance to watch Empire Records, I thoroughly suggest doing so. Uh, there's a couple Please different do. versions. There was like, they called it like a remix edition or something, which uh, is what the 
inspiration was for the the fun version on Smack uh-huh. My Pitch Up to be called the remix version is because <laughs> the DVD of Empire Records came with like an extended cut um, oh years my gosh. ago. It was See, called, I don't like, know the about remix this. edition. And so like even the names of stuff on the show are inspired by Empire Records. So. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Also, like if anyone like a thousand years from now needed to go do some history project in the 90s, they could just listen to the soundtrack and get everything they need right there. That's it's, and, got, it's got gin blossoms, cranberries, like better than Ezra. Oh, like, yeah. It's dire it's straits. Got it's all great. the big hits. And yeah. I did want to get into that as far as like the conversation about what it represented when it came out and also what our versions are going to look like. Are we doing this yeah. in modern time? Are we? Uh, I know. Are, so it, there's so much that is 90s about this. So how yeah. do you make it work in a different era? Yeah. But now's a good time. I mean, 90s aesthetic is like it right now. So well, I saw a meme recently that I'm very glad that we did a blockbuster video uh, double episode on Geeks Under the Influence because <laughs> yes. people are saying that uh, just like time in the pandemic, nostalgia doesn't have any kind of like understanding of how long or short it's been since the thing. Right. So people went from like <laughs> missing seeing their friends at the bar to missing blockbuster video. <laughs> Just went real far, real, real fast. Far back. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like there's a little bit of that with the record store as well. Though record stores have survived better than a video store has. Very uh, true. Yes. There is uh, the longstanding record collector that keeps things alive uh, for yep. a good amount of. Uh, I've even seen cassettes like being sold in different places now, which yep. just boggles my mind. The cassettes, yeah. I don't get that because it's. Not I don't like get it either. It's not like it's better quality. Like <laughs> right, you know, like a record is meant to sound better. Like cassette is just scratchy and yeah, yeah. You gotta and rewind you it. Take care of the record and your and your record player. Like that record will play for forever, but yeah. uh, a tape. You know, after about a hundred listens or so, the ribbon starts stretching. It's done. Yeah, it's yeah. all done. <laughs> so more power to anybody that's a collector of anything. That's fine. Yes, but physical I, media. That's right. I loved Empire Records because, A, you know, I was the right age when it came out and it spoke to me a little bit. But also it had like an interesting cast of characters that yep. they all got along for the most part, but had their own like interpersonal relation, uh, like challenges with one another. Yes. And it's one of those movies that you, even if it doesn't really fit, you um, you shoehorn your friend group into it. Absolutely. To, to identify with everyone. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one thing that I was looking at for my remake is that I did want to kind of shift on a little bit was that I didn't want to shoehorn like I did when I was a teenager, like the, the cast of characters that we run into. I mean, you'd have the archetypes of the person. Right. But as far as. Like who you would be hanging out with. Like I grew up in Southern California and my group of friends was relatively uh, diverse when it came to like background and and mm-hmm. uh, and culture and, and the like. And looking at Empire Records. No, it, not at all. It, they they <laughs> met at a Jim Blossoms concert. Like there's. Right. Exactly. There's, they, they, they all live in the same like uh, neighborhood. They go to the same school. Yes. Like, there's, yes. It's uh, very white. Um, very very white. Not like yes, white, indeed. but white. Like white. Yes. Middle class, angsty, alternative yes. kid. I mean, Liv Tyler's character like is somehow going to Harvard. Like I feel like that's her trajectory. Like yeah. she's working at the record store, but oh, she's gonna be going to Harvard. That's her conflict. You know that, so, that standard yeah. record store employee. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> dynamic there. Uh, record store Harvard. That's tough for me. Yes. So. That that's something that I wanted to consider is that looking at how the record stores are nowadays, where they're mm-hmm. out of necessity, there are record stores that are specific to specific genres. Like even in town, we have a punk rock record store, we have a goth yeah, record store. Right. But in a, in the bigger record stores, there is a much more diverse ca- uh, cast of like the employees based on their specializations. If they're into like blues or, or hip hop or punk rock and metal or wh- whatever it is. And I wanted that to be represented a little bit better in my. Yeah, because that's what you want in a record store. You yeah. want someone to be able to show you the really cool underground jazz album or whatever. You don't want just the same person showing you the the Jim Blossoms album like we were talking about earlier. Right. Like, have you all heard of Goo Goo Dolls? <laughs> I don't know. They were pretty, uh, pretty underground. You may not know uh, this band uh, called Vertical Horizon. Uh, big fan. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, they, they, yeah. I mean, they had a couple like minor hits, but you know, they they tried to keep it, keep it chill, keep it, <laughs> keep it low key, keep it, keep it legit. 
But yeah, man, and record store culture, like obviously when we were teenagers was a huge deal, just like um, going into a blockbuster or movie time or whatever. Sure. But um, it really was like show up, you may see someone, you know, you may go with your friends, just perusing through the different CDs and all the records like that was such a thing. And it's cool to see that that's still like part of our culture. And like, you know, even we're in Richmond. So plan nine, they, they have a line out their store um, every time I go to Carytown, which is great. Yep. Um, but it is more of a specific person maybe today who's, who's seeking that out and wants to go and get into records versus I feel like at least when I was a teenager, it was like almost hanging out at the mall. Like, Oh, let's go to the, the record. Let's go to peaches again, Richmond reference or, or, you know, plan nine again, or, and just like hang out and look at stuff and listen, put on some headphones. Sound hole or yeah, yeah, that's that's old school. But, um, that sound hole, I think was leaving Richmond around the time I got here in the early 2000s. So Yeah. That I, I heard stories about that place though. That yeah, <laughs> yes. Was the place but whatever, Sam Goody. You know, yep. it's any any store where you just want to peruse all those titles. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. There, there's a different type today, and there needs there's there's got to be that representation yeah. of the different record store employees for sure. Also, I love, and it wasn't really. It was played with a little bit in Empire Records, but whenever I went into a record store to buy, because I do have vinyl, I, I have collected vinyl a little mm-hmm. bit. I, there was always a moment, especially when I was younger. Now I don't care. But when I was younger, the look on the cashier's face or the record, oh, st- yeah. record oh, my store gosh. guy's face has gone through like, oh, nice. You know, <laughs> as he sees something you picked up, like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, that's, you and that scene with Warren in, in Empire Records where they're like, rap, rap, metal, rap rap Whitney Houston right like they have that judgment <laughs> and you just, you just do not want to be judged by the record and if you got that seal of approval like if you got up to the cashier and they were like nice choice or wow that's a great album you're like yes yes like I am I belong I'm so cool this is great well because back then we considered you know the record store guy is the person that was able to get this coveted job yeah you know that everyone was meant yeah. that they had like a mental Rolodex of music that they right. that far su- surpassed ours. And so yes. for them to be like, oh, wow, okay, you know what? You know some things about music was like things. a... Yeah, like a, uh, you were in. You were a, yeah in. exactly. And so it was always nice to get that feeling. Even though looking back and it would be like some basic record that everybody needed to have, like, you know, the Cheap Trick Live at Bukadan or right. uh, Hughes Quadrophenia, and they'd go like, oh, nice. Yeah, it's like essential. Yeah, this this is like a platinum <laughs> album. You know, it's not like some yeah. underground thing that, you know, like, yeah, I'm in the know. Yeah. But Right. <laughs> <laughs> but. So uh, for, for Empire Records, are you, for your, your plot, for your over mm-hmm. overarching tone, are you keeping it as kind of a 90s period piece? Are you putting pulling it into the, ni- into the so, modern day? I did bring it into the modern day. And then I really did think about what I was just kind of talking about, how I feel like record store culture is still very much a thing, but maybe not as much for, for, you know, like teenagers as a whole. Right. Sure. So I was thinking like, what is that today? Like everything's virtual. Like people spend all day on their phones. Like, what is it that like the kids, the youths are into? And I couldn't think of anything for high school age, but then I took it to like, cause if I remember correctly, most everyone in Empire Records, the characters were were assumed to be in high school, right? Like, like I said, Corey was going to Harvard, maybe a little bit older. I think a couple of them were in high school. A couple were like early twenties, like early twenties. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Deb's boyfriend, that the musician. Yes, he was, he Burko. Was like, Burko. Yeah. yeah, he was early twenties. It was pretty oh, clear. He's so cool. Um, <laughs> so I took it to that early twenties place, like holistically, and I've changed the location from, which might be sacrilegious, and I'm sorry, but I'm doing it. So I actually changed it from Empire Records to Emp- to Empire Brewing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because <laughs> I, I just feel like brewery culture is obviously such a thing. Sure. And I can see some um, some local brewery like trying to be snatched up by, you know, Stone or Anheuser-Busch or whatever. Sure. And these this group of ragtag employees like trying to save it. And I could see these these characters like hanging out at the brewery in different different settings. So that is how I've switched it up. Okay. Um so all the characters are in the like their early 20s. Um and they're hanging out at the brewery. And then instead of I don't know if we should get this far into it, but instead of Rex Manning, who is obviously like a quintessential character. Oh, in sure. Yeah. Sexy Rexy. Oh, you know, Rexy, you're so sexy. But so I was like, what what is that today? 
and it's it's influencers like it's like youtubers or tiktoker tiktokers and like i'm 34 like i'm not cool but so i like spent time researching like all right who's a cool dude or whatever influencer so i, I took it to that that place where like some influencers in town they're coming to the brewery like people pick up on it and they, they that's like their rex manning day sure nice <laughs> okay um i yeah, I de- definitely kept it record store. I didn't even consider going another way, which I'm like, damn. Why should you, right? No, I mean, that's it's a, so like, I like that, though, especially a brewery and a record store are two places where you're pretty much guaranteed to run into somebody with a handlebar mustache. Like it's, yeah, oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So uh, for, for me, I wanted to kind of carry on a conversation that was discussed in the mm. shortlist episode I did on Smack My Pitch Up yeah. about it, the death of the video store and the yeah. last day of a blockbuster that people were working there. Uh, and also our conversation from Blockbuster Video and carry that over into the medium of record stores where they're kind of hanging on as a niche uh, yeah, interest from much. record collectors and the like. And they have, you know, used movies and CDs and stuff, but a lot of that stuff's gone digital. And I, I wanted to kind of approach Empire Records with that same, you know, because there is a doom and gloom to Empire Records that it's going to be moved over into a music town. Yes, music town. That's music exactly town. right. They get the aprons. <laughs> Music town. I yeah. wanted to, not so much because there isn't really anything that follows the record store. You know, it's not that this is an indie record store that gets turned into a chain record store. No chain record stores really exist that no. much anymore. Right. So It's like you might find some CDs in, in Target um, or Best Buy. They sell records at like Urban Outfitters. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> that's my where you, you see more records now than you do uh, anything else. But you're right. There's no like conglomerate record store. So I company. thought about maybe having a conversation that is heavily in rotation in ri- the Richmond area regarding um, not just gentrification, but the the sprawl of VCU into oh, yeah. the hipper. Oh, yeah, I love that. The, yeah, uh, hipper areas of town that didn't have a lot of chain restaurants, didn't have a lot of that kind of stuff. And then just the influence of VCU, um, those chain restaurants are moving in. They're, the the school is buying buildings. Yeah. And so uh, Empire Records in this version is being pressured um, to sell. And you can either have it to the college or I thought just to really put a, a real button on it, uh, Panera Bread. Oh, it's gonna take damn the man. Spot. Yeah, right. Save the empire. No shit. Yeah. Just that <laughs> visceral like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Do no not. shade to Panera. Shout out to the broccoli cheddar soup. But like, <laughs> I would be so mad if they took over this great record store. Right. Yes. So uh, so that that's kind of the focus is that instead of music town, you have like a, a, a Panera bread. <laughs> yes, I, that's great. I think that's great. And I, I know I'm being Richmond specific here, but I felt that way in, in Cary Towns, like our local shopping district, when that Capital One coffee cafe came in yep. and took over this great antique store. So it's sort of the same vibe. It's like, ugh. so I love that. That's a great idea. Well, that happened both in the fan and in Cary Town. In Cary Town, there was... Uh, a U-Crops, but that's like a local right. grocery store. And that, then right. that changed into a Martin's mm-hmm. and uh, then the Publix moved in. Now there's a, I think there's like a Chipotle and a, yes. and a Panera bread and all these chain stores are moving into this area. That was this all literally what you're describing. Yeah. yeah. All boutique shops. Same thing happened in the fan that over near the school, there's like waffle houses and there was like a mini Walmart, um, like yeah. tiny. It's like a Sonic now. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's all sorts of these little chain places now. When it was all these little boutique restaurants and stores yeah. and that got kind of pushed out. So the record store is very representative of that, of the it is. chains taking over, you know, small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I mean, gentrification obviously is such a, uh, you know, current topic. So that yeah. fits really well. So you're taking it to modern times. Modern times, I'm gathering. for sure. Yeah. 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 And I'm nice. definitely having, you know, this the characters in it uh, when it comes to the, the sprawl of the school and like the the chain businesses that are moving in uh, also the conversation about gentrification there's going to be varying levels just like with uh, empire records varying levels of response to it people that are like militantly against it people that are just right. kind of like eh you know uh, yes and so for your real version let's let's dig in uh who mm-hmm. do you have for director for your real version so my director is also the person who i have playing joe joe's character um so in my version joe is a woman so okay. J-O instead of J-O-E. And I picked Olivia Wilde because Olivia Wilde did Booksmart and I love Booksmart and I want to see her direct more shit. And I also feel like um, she would play the like 
manager trying to oversee this group of just misfits um, really well. And I love her. So I picked Olivia Wilde. Perfect. I had Olivia Wilde directing something relatively recently, um, like in the last couple episodes, I think. Yeah. Um, I love Booksmart. It was not directed at me and I still loved the shit yeah, out of it. it right. Was it's just great. I love it. And I so think good. she would go there with this and, and um, just really do a wonderful job. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for my version, I also did the actor that played Joe is the director as well. Oh, nice. And this was kind of a hard consideration because this is not somebody that has uh, directed a feature film before. Okay. Uh, has, uh, has been a showrunner, has uh, done a lot of writing for shows uh, and has directed some, in the series as well as music videos, but it is nice. something that very specifically has the experience of being both an actor and a musician and Joe's character being a former like drummer. Yes. And right. that's yep. such a, such a part of his character. Don't touch Joe's drums. Yeah. Yep. I feel like it's really important to have somebody that not only plays that character, but can is informed by their experience as a musician on the, the tone of this record store, this, uh, you know, former minor, a minorly successful musician that has, you know, some success running a record store, but then that threat of like the last little mm-hmm. bit of his music uh, career in this record store is being like threatened. And so just yes. the the real fear that comes from that. And I thought it'd be very interesting to see what uh, Donald Glover would oh, do. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, he's, he's a bound to be a future EGOT holder. I mean, he's, he's Has to be. mega talented in a number yes. of different ways. He hasn't been behind the camera a lot, um, but what he's done with Atlanta as an executive producer, as a writer, mm-hmm. and also the episodes that he's directed, I think that he deserves a chance to dive in and, uh, and, and get a shot. And I think yeah, this, let's empower him. Yeah. Go direct something, Donald. Like you, you will rock it. He's such a renaissance man, at least to me. Like, I feel like he could literally do anything and be really good at it or do something really interesting or innovative with it or mm-hmm. just like excel at it. So I, I think that's a great idea. And he's, you know, Joe, if you're being a purist, Joe was like in his mid to late thirties and Donald and Olivia Wilde are both in that age range. So I think that's an excellent choice. Yep. Now, the slight difference, and I'll get into it when I dig in, is that there is a, some slight differences to the characters and their re- relationships with one another. And I'll get into that more specifically okay. when we dig in. But the age range is somewhere between like um, early 20s into like mid 30s for the characters. So there isn't as much of an age gap between Donald Glover uh, playing Joe and the other characters so much so that like fatherly kind of vibe isn't so much there as it is more right. of a just like the friend that is trying to keep their cool thing that everybody gets to share afloat while nobody else is taking it seriously. Yes. Which I sometimes relate to when I'm trying to herd cats on geeks under the influence and everybody's just like, like no, we you are to- Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's one of that, like everybody loves it. Everybody wants to do their part, but there's always got to be that one person that's like, okay. Oh, Hey, uh, pay atten- attention. You got to pay yes, attention. Got to keep it moving. Keep it moving. So, all right, so I, I want to hear this Olivia Wilde um, pitch that you got here. Who who are we cast in? Who's playing yeah. what roles? So, okay, what I was really thinking about when I was selecting this cast is how, like, amazing is it? Every every single person, maybe with the exception of AJ, Warren, Burko, whatever, every single person in this movie, like, went on to have, like, a really great acting career. There's and yeah, this, very well-known actors in this. Crazy, but they were all, like, this was 1995, so I don't think any of them were like really, really well known. Like they've had some titles and some credits under their belts, um, but they weren't, they were kind of emerging. Yep. Would you agree? Yeah. I would fully agree. You got, I think Liv Tyler was in one or two of her dad's the, music videos. Right. At the that music point. videos. Right. Exactly. Like, and um, Renee Zellweger hadn't done really anything at that nothing. point. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Texas Chainsaw. Right. But um, I don't know what year that came out, the next generation. But um, Robert Tunney, Tunney Tunney. Um, you know, of the craft fame, the craft came out that next year and she had a great career too. the the woman who played Deb. Mm -hmm. So I just thought about it from that lens. So if you hear me talk about any of these actors and you have no idea who the fuck they are, (laughs) I'll tell you where they're from, where you've seen them. And then, um, just think about it from that lens. Like I was looking for, uh, actors that have a little bit of chops under their belt. They're like on the verge because I want that for them. I want this is going to be the movie, this reboot that accelerates their career into stardom. <laughs> so I believe in them. You're trying to change them. lives with this remake here. I'm changing lives with it. This is their break. Okay, so <laughs> Lucas is my 
favorite character. I'm, first, no, I real quick. You are such a sweetheart that even in your fake <laughs> in your fake casting for a fake remake of something that will never happen, you're just like, you know what? Kids got to get their start somehow. If I <laughs> if I can give them their opening to like make it into the world, then I'm gonna do it. Damn it. I am manifesting this energy. <laughs> that's what's happening. No, that's amazing. I love it. I fully <laughs> love it. That's great. Okay. okay. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, Lucas, obviously, Rory Cochran, I just had the most, like, big, I can't even describe to you. I just, I, I when I was growing up, I loved men that looked like they could be serial killers. Like, I just loved them. <laughs> okay. Like, they were really dark. They had, like, bright eyes, like, sort of a Dahmer effect. Um, so, I looked, for, I just looked for that look. And there's this actor who um, he played the lead role actually in Ready Player One, which I you know people have a lot of thoughts about. Oh but, yeah, um, I, I know. But he did a great about. job, and he just has like he just has this look, like he has a brooding look to me, where he could possibly like I just feel like he would play an eccentric character really well. So his name is Ty Sheridan, but he was also. Um, there was another movie I saw that oh Scout's Guide. He was in Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. And I believe great he, in that movie. I believe he was in one of the Jurassic World movies as well. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. And he, I just think he's again one of those on the verge actors. Mm -hmm. He's got he's got credits, but he's got diverse credits under his belt a little bit. Um, and he's not a name yet, per se. He's not a name yet. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm all about. Yeah. This is this is it for him. Um, so he's my Lucas. You want me to roll through mine? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Awesome. I'm excited. So in my reboots, the characters are kind of taking on the, you know, you mentioned like, it's not like you're translating it exactly, but they sort of take on that persona a little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit. So I am staying a little true to that um, in, in terms of what their character would be like. So the next one I have is AJ and AJ, obviously in the original one was like the quote unquote, like artsy, pretty boy, like didn't know what he wanted in life was trying to pursue Corey. Corey mm. was in love with, Rex Manning. Um, so I picked this guy. I, I don't know how like into rom-coms you are, but I am like, yes, I have a horror blog and a horror podcast, but I have a soft spot for a great rom-com. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, Noah Centineo, if you're a Netflix rom-comer, he has been into all the, um, all the boys I've loved before, which has a sequel, two sequels. You need to watch them all. I and, I'm from, from my girlfriend. I am very yeah. familiar with the series. I've not watched it, <laughs> but I've go. been told that, that it's no, it's fun. You'd like it. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's... I'll come watch it with her. Okay. Um, don't say it if you don't mean it. Cause she would. She... <laughs> oh, I'm in for sure. I love all of them. Um, and, and he's, he's a great leading guy. Um, and I think he could play that sort of like dopey a little, and he's also, you know, okay. This is going to sound shady, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm -hmm. He can also kind of fade into the background a little bit, okay. which I think, which I think AJ does like, very much. Yep. Like Absolutely. he's kind of just a little bland. Like his character is, I love him. Sorry, AJ. Um, but that's what I'm bringing to this character. He's a similar thing. He wants Corey. Corey's obsessed with, in my version, it's this influencer TikTok person. Mm -hmm. um, they do not get together in my story. Um, Corey moves on to much brighter pastures. <laughs> she, she leaves AJ behind. Um, the next one I have is Deb. So Deb, also awesome character. I love her. She goes through a journey. Um, she's kind of the bitch at the beginning, but she turns into the one of my favorite characters. She's awesome. Played by Robert Robin Tunney in the original. So for her, I went with this actor named Hunter Schaefer. And Hunter Schaefer is a badass. She's a trans activist, um, sued the whole state of North Carolina um, for one of the bathroom bill situations. But she, but now she's on Euphoria, that HBO show. Okay. With Zendaya. I have watched a number of those episodes. Yeah. I know who and you're talking about. And she's awesome in it. Um, she's fantastic. Um, she plays opposite of, yeah, I already said it, Zendaya. Um, and, and she's stunning, like super beautiful, which I think Deb is too. Um, and I think that that would be, she would just be a badass oh, yeah. as Deb is of her. Oh, she fully kills it in, uh, in euphoria. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Right. Um, so for Corey, I have Yara Shahidi, who is, uh, the oldest daughter in blackish. Um, okay. I, I know I knew the name. Yeah. Yeah. Also like completely stunning and gorgeous as is Liv Tyler. Um, but in my version, like I said, she doesn't end up with AJ. Like she ends, she doesn't end up with the influencer either because she figures out who she is and what her power is and potential. Uh, and she, 
she's she's home so all of my in my version the kids are in their early 20s so like she's home from college trying to figure out what she wants to do next um and she ends up starting her she ends up like leaving and starting her own brewery in mine like she gets her chops from olivia wilde and then she goes off and starts her own okay okay uh yeah so then i have mark um mark i got finn wolford just because finn wolford is goofy and yep. um you know from stranger things oh, he would have so much fun with that role too yeah i think so too he did so great in it so i i had to give finn some love gina um is also a already well-known actor um but i think that she's someone that i don't want to get pigeonholed and that's Maisie williams from game of thrones okay. um and again i think just like the Harry Potter kids, right? You don't always want to be known um, and stuck in that Harry Potter. So I'm giving, <laughs> this is again in my fake movie, giving Maisie like her her break into other titles. And I know she's played other things too, but I think she would be cool as Gina. Nice. Um, let's see, who else do I got? Uh, Rex Manning. Um, so again, I'm 34. I don't know anything about TikTok culture, <laughs> but I looked, I like literally Googled like who's cool on TikTok. And I, if you have any younger listeners or anyone that's in the TikTok, I'm so sorry. But uh, so this, there's this guy named Cameron Dallas, and he's supposed to be very popular. So that's my Rex Manning. Nice. Okay. And then, oh, and then the last one, I, I did um, I did have Warren and Burko. And Burko, so obviously I'm a horror fan. And you remember the woman from Orphan, Isabel Furman, the little girl who played Orphan? Oh, right. She like looks like Burko now. Like she's, wow. she's beautiful, but like she just looks like she would she would be a great Burko. Okay. Um, and, and her and Deb are in a relationship. Nice. Um, finally, who did I say? Warren. Warren is Wyatt Olaf, who is or Olaf. I'm sorry, who played Stanley in It. Had to bring my horror. Oh, okay. Peeps nice. into this. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's my. Oh my gosh! Last one. You remember um, Rex Manning's publicist Jane? That ended up that get going. Ended up uh, with Joe. Ended up with Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So played by Debbie Mazar, who or Mazer. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm obsessed with her. I love her. She is awesome. She's she's on this show, which I feel like I could also watch with your girlfriend called uh, Younger, which is on Lifetime. Um, oh, I think and she's, she's familiar and has also told me that it, it's not that bad, <laughs> and I would probably like it. Yeah. It's got Hillary Duff. It's great. Um, but Debbie Mazar is on that show and she's still like stunningly beautiful. She's almost 60 years old. So Jane is still Debbie Mazar. Um, and she's hooking up with Olivia Wilde by the end of this. Nice. Not mad about yes. that either. Hell yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's my cast. It's funny that you definitely, uh, you, well, not a, not a ton of, of, uh, gender switching, but you did a couple that the mm -hmm. like in more important relationship or some of the more important relationships are, uh, are. Uh, lesbian relationships. Yes. And I did similar, but I actually changed who the romances were connected to. Ooh, I can't wait to hear. Because uh, one of the things that bothered me, you know, after watching so many times with Empire Records was that AJ and Corey's relationship. I know. Seemed I just hate AJ. Non-existent. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like AJ is just kind of the kid that's there, you know, right. like, he's, he's perfectly nice. Everybody gets along with him. Great. He's unproblematic. There's nothing worrisome no, about the character, right. but also he's just kind of like an artist dude. That's busy, like doing his own thing. And yeah. then he's just Blue like, I love, the floor. I love this girl. I don't want her to move to, Har to Harvard. And this makes me sad. And then he, then he just gives up on all of his stuff to go to Harvard with her right? at the end, what? even yeah. though they're not together. It's a weird choice. So very weird. I thought it would be more uh, interesting to actually have um, two of the women that have been friends um, be involved uh, in, in, uh, after the Rex Bannings ordeal. Let, let me get into my, uh, my casting here. So this I'm is Donald excited. Glover. So for Joe Reeves, uh, Donald Glover, of course, as, as that uh, character, he's uh, more in the like, well, he's more in the style of music, all 18 different genres that Donald Glover does as opposed right. to like a drummer <laughs> type. So he, he um, blues and soul and hip hop and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, and we've got Lucas, and I, I couldn't not, once it got into my head to cast this person, I, I went, I can't, I'm having trouble thinking of anybody else, not because this person is anything like the original Lucas, but because I would really love to see the dynamic with Donald Glover in these roles, and also, like, he could definitely be, like, the weird, just the weirdo turtleneck yeah. kid, 100%, <laughs> could fully I'm so do that. excited. Uh, is Danny Pudi, who played Abed in Community. 
Oh, and, nice. And was yes. best friends with Donald Glover. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so they had such amazing like friend chemistry on screen yes. in the community. And from what I, I from what I've heard, they are actually like real life friends. Oh, and, that'd be like, hysterical then to like watch them bicker and fight and be like, you yeah, know, Lucas, go sit on the couch all day. Well, and <laughs> that's where where the dynamic is a little different. That Joe isn't really a father figure to Lucas in this version. It's more like they kind of grew up together. And, oh, right, right, right. And Joe is the one that actually did something, whereas Lucas just never really got his shit together. Mm-hmm. So it's Joe kind of taking Lucas on for the ride. Like, yeah, you can work here at the store and like you you know crash at my place and kind of taking care of his buddy who's just kind of yep. slacker we all have one yeah, we oh, all yeah. have that buddy absolutely you, you got a couch for them forever forever yep <laughs> yeah so that's danny pudi and so we got the donald glover danny pudi party together again yeah i'm very excited about that then aj i wanted someone immensely charming and attractive and like interesting and, and could play mm-hmm. like the the weirdo artist a little bit but still um uh, still come off as like you know a friendly and everybody gets along with and he, this this gentleman's worked with Donald Glover on Atlanta. Uh, he was also, I mean, he's blowing up super hard right now, and I for good reason. Everything I've seen him in, he's incredible. Um, from Atlanta, sorry to bother you, Judas and the Black Messiah, Knives nice. Out, uh, yes, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, is oh my god, and fantastic. he's gorgeous. He's, oh, he's attractive in that like approachable, attractive way. Yes, not, yes, not like chiseled, but like no, no, like, like real person hot. Yes. <laughs> Not, yes. Yeah. I think he's so sexy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I and nice choice. Great actor. I think he could. There isn't a lot with the AJ role, and of course there'd be. Right. It wouldn't be the exact same script, but I think you could do something with it if you take the romance angle away from AJ. Yeah. And you just make him as the weirdo artist guy that yeah. gets along just with. Just lean and, into that. And him just trying to figure out what's he what he wants to do if this record store closes. Is he's an artist? He doesn't have any kind of skills. Right. Um, besides being an artist and being into music. So th- that's his arc. He I don't hate that AJ. I like that AJ. Yeah, exactly. Much. <laughs> like the, the other AJ is just this weird lovelorn kid that's just like, yeah. oh, move because I like you. Uh, no. <laughs> give AJ some some gravity, like give him his own independence. In give this. him some depth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Deb. Uh, and Deb is actually going to be the love interest for Corey. I love that. Uh, yes. That Deb is going through her own shit with, and it's going to be, you know, like deals with depression and all these issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey, of course, is uh, is in this, you know, well, pansexual or whatever yeah. verbiage you want to attach. And uh, and is openly so. And, you know, has a family that's super accepting about that. Uh, Deb is in a very different dynamic. Okay, so, she's trying to find herself. Yeah, trying bit. to find herself. Yeah. And so it's, it's not, uh, um, it's not, the same way in Empire Records where AJ was kind of pushing his love on Corey until she like was in a vulnerable place. And then she's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll make yeah. that with you then. I'll fall into your arms now. Yeah. It's more that, that because Deb was so vulnerable in her role, I feel like there's a, there's a dual vulnerability that's happening. So there's, there's no, there's not as much of a sense of somebody taking advantage of a circumstance, you know? No, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I also like how you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Corey seems a little more confident, like a little more like she knows who she is. Her family accepts her. She's got that going for her and she can help like lift that up out of Deb. Yeah. It's, it's, she knows who she is, but she's just a little gun shy about life, you know, just yeah. isn't the one to jump at first in anything. And it's just kind of, a, l- a little timid to do stuff, but knows who she is. Just doesn't really know how to engage it, you know? Oh, that sex would be so hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I get to who's playing uh, Corey, which next. Uh, so the Deb is, uh, first off, is Zazie Beats. Okay. I don't um, know who that is. That is, uh, that is uh, Domino from Deadpool 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And she's also in Atlanta as well. And, uh, and, and yeah, gorgeous. Absolutely yes. stunning. Um, and then Corey, I've got was technically in solo a star wars movie with uh donald glover uh, as the voice of the robot that had a weird kind of relationship <laughs> with with lando uh okay. we've got phoebe waller bridge yeah as, uh, as Corey, and yeah she is such a good writer and so smart and She's so brilliant. charming yeah and and beautiful and you if you have not had the chance to see fleabag it's a it's, series on, it's epic it's epic it's her yeah. just basically being like really into sex and yep. um, feeling like a depraved, like gross weirdo half the time. And the other half the time being like, ah, fuck it. 
and right but like out of this world funny it's it's, it's so such funny. good writing yeah, yeah great writing and there is conversation about there being a donald glover phoebe waller bridge tv series based on mr and mrs smith Ooh, uh, yeah that's interesting yeah huh, so okay. I'm, I'm hoping that that goes down but that so they are familiar with each other from solo they have other projects working um i think he would want to cast her in whatever because i've watched award ceremonies where he's talking at length about how much he adores her as an artist mm-hmm. and as a person yeah. so I, I think it's a, it's a good fit there she's fabulous absolutely is yeah then we've got gina and there is it is important to have a, a female character in this that isn't attached to anyone specifically mm-hmm. um but is having that conversation about like ownership of your own body and your choices absolutely. To, to be, sexual independence yeah, sexually independent and yeah. that that conversation has evolved so much from um, when this sure, movie from first 1995. came out. Yeah. yeah. That I, I wanted to have a different angle where it's not, for a lack of a better term, it's it's minorly so in the movie, but slut shaming. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And Gina's character was like really like okay with herself in that regard. She didn't, I don't remember her thinking, well, until it was like she wore the apron and people were, Corey called her a slut. She like didn't see herself as that. I don't think. Yeah. So there was some slut shaming there. Yeah. yeah and then the, when everything blows up and she's like, you know, are you going to, are you yeah, going to screw every yeah. guy? What are you going to do? Yeah. Fall down and nobody right. wants you anymore. And yeah. So just yeah. remove a little bit of that. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a necessary conversation to have anymore. I, no. I think it's more important to have a strong female character that is an owner of their own sexuality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It could still be Gina that messes around with Rex Manning. And then it's their friendship that, you know, that they have to focus on. And why'd you fuck the dude that I was thinking about? Yeah. fucking? Right. Um, and the one thing that I leaned on as a reference to that being able to be done is uh, funny people. Okay. Where it's that scene where it's Jason Schwartzman and he, he's like, I'm going to have sex with the neighbor unless you have, <laughs> have sex with her in like two weeks. And then Seth Rogen doesn't. So he has sex right. with the neighbor. Like just do it. Yeah. Like, this so, is what's going to happen. <laughs> I think if it's that kind of thing where if you just kind of put it where, Hey, if you don't, I'm gonna. Somebody's gotta yeah. bang Rex She's Manning. She's like radically candid. I love that. Like I'm, I'm putting off banging Rex Manning because I know how much you want to bang him, but mm-hmm. like I also want to bang him. So if you're not gonna bang him, I'm gonna bang him. Yeah, it that angle, and it's not so much this weird spite thing, so much as like, girl, you gotta shit or get off the pot. I love it. Yeah, three cheers for open and honesty. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then of course there's a little anger, but the anger is more directed about Phoebe Waller Bridge being too scared to go for it then goes back to what you're saying then yeah. actually about her friend screwing the dude like yes the intention and, is different. and then realizes she actually loves deb or wants to like be with deb well i think that's the conversation where she finds out like what was happening to deb and then she you know rex was always like this thing that was this dreamy you know wanna yes wanna right. be with this dude that i was like in love with forever uh deb is this person that she's you know had kind of mixed feelings about as far as romantic versus friendly. Yeah. And so when it comes out that Deb is dealing with some pretty serious shit that, yeah. you know, that's when I just thought about the funeral scene. Deb wants to know what it feels like to die. We're going to, we're going to show yeah. her and then all the sweet that. things. And that can be the kind of moment where uh, she lets slip a little bit more uh, that she cares a little bit more about Deb than, than was originally thought of. Uh, and it kind of wakes Deb up to the idea. It's like, Oh wow. This is a person like I, I truly care for that. Like might, be interested in that way about me it's something i'm struggling with and that's kind of the moment where there's a little bit of a wake-up call for for uh deb i just need a hot makeout scene in the break room can you just give me that i mean i'm cool with it that's fine <laughs> perfect aj will be up fixing the sign uh yeah. like you did at the end but he's not yeah. making out with anybody he's cool he's no. just being a weirdo artist so yeah they can make out in the break room at the same time perfect yes um and then so for gina um th- that's going to be natalie dormer Okay. And if you're yeah. uh, not familiar, she was in Game of Thrones, um, and also she was uh, one one of the characters in the later Hunger Games as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's my... Oh, and then Mark. Mark is the last one that I cast. Um, you got to have a, a Mark, just a big weirdo. And for this one, he's going to be like the former drug addict, hardcore punk, tatted out uh, Mark version where he works the record store he knows front to back on like punk and metal and underground music yeah and he's in some weird experimental noise band now that nobody really fucking likes and <laughs> i'm obsessed yeah. yes um and so you want kind of a fuck boy to play that role to like Absolutely. probably fill it out and i can't think of a, a better actor that's also a fuck boy than uh shia labeouf 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> so, so that is uh, that is my my Donald Glover directed take on Empire. I'd Records. go see it. I'm in. And the whole thing. Oh, and the Rex Manning thing. It's actually I I didn't name specifically, and I th- was trying to think of a artist that is somewhat success or was somewhat successful back in the day, like isn't as much anymore and it would be something that uh Corey would be like oh my god like i was obsessed with that one album that yeah kind of like minorly popular kind of a bismarcky era uh, like su- right. level like of fame that uh joe knows from his minor stint of like moderate success of being mm-hmm. on tour and kind of running into him um and actually like worked with him in a group back in the day and so he actually makes the call to get the Rex Manning character to come into the store to draw. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense because you don't have obviously like record signings. That's not a thing today. So for Donald Glover to like know someone and like come here to my store, that makes sense. That tracks. But also this person has gotten like significantly more successful than him over the years. And now granted his biggest days are behind him, but he's still like a popular person, like a name, a name. So it's really hard for Joe to make that call and get him to come to the store. And he's kind of like swallowing his pride a little bit. And so when all the shit goes down with uh, with Gina and Corey is flipping out and it's this whole ordeal and he's like, Jesus, and his, you know, old bandmate is being just a dick about it. Um, yeah. He has every reason to stop holding his tongue anymore and kick him the fuck out. Like, yes, you think you're b- better. You're not. You're you're no. just an asshole person, you know? So. So that Nick is. Cliche. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect. You know, Donald Glover, Nick Lachey back in the day. <laughs> You know, yeah. All right, so that is those are our real takes. Um, we're gonna dig into our fun remix versions of Empire Records next. Now, for that version, uh, what tonally are we talking here? Is it a comedy? Is it an action? A drama? A horror? What are we doing? We're gonna go Empire Records horror. We're going straight gore. It's a splatterfest B movie. There's just everyone gets a, like there's a maniac on the loose in the city. And the record store is almost like the Shaun of the Dead bar where everyone kind of hides out and you're seeing it happen in real time. And then it's just complete splatter fest, just gore everywhere and trails. The records are covered with blood. It's just straight. You know me. I had to go there. Oh, absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. So it's it's, it's just straight horror gore. Just movie. it's campy, fun, splatter campy, fest. fun. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, for mine, I am doing a straight up like not full musical. But, yes. but those but those uh, movies that are like musical adjacent where there's maybe one or two numbers in it, but it's like somebody on a stage singing a song that we all know already kind of deal. Um, but it's very musically uh, adjacent that there's very there's scenes that are fully informed by the music that's playing in the background. And there's certainly scenes kind of like that in Empire Records where they're dancing to uh, yes. dancing to music. And so they I put on they do the veto. They put in the, the record or the CD and then they can veto the track. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's going to be a lot of like dance type stuff. And so, yeah, I'm definitely going that like, uh, well, my director um, is Adam Shankman. If you're unfamiliar, you will be familiar with some of his choices. Um, he directed Rock of Ages. Um, nice. What yes. Men Want, Hairspray, uh, the musical version, Bedtime right. Stories, Step Up, uh, High Water and was producer on a lot of the Step Up movies. He's directing Hocus Pocus 2, Disenchantment, nice. and also directed The Wedding Planner. So oh, heavy hitter. Ultra cheese, like, I mean, like, cheesy as fuck movies he yes. makes. And that's what I'm going for is, like, the high school musical step-up uh, kind of musical deal um, with, with this, with just, like, singers, actors slash singers in here. Um, and it's basically kind of the opposite of what empire records was talking about in the movie of like, don't sell out and become this like cleaned up version, be the dirty, nasty. This is the cleaned up version of empire records, the movie where it's like, you know, song and dance people in there just like, and everything's super clean. And it's, I feel like it's the NBC live, like the Fox live, you know how they have the live musicals, right? (laughs) (laughs) But much better because kind of better. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just totally missing the point of what Empire Records is talking about. And nice, yeah, I love it. My director is Adam Green from the Hatchet series. Oh, nice, Adam Green. Leaning into solid, it, yeah, just, just leaning into super it. hard yeah. in. Okay, well then, give give me Adam Green. What do you got here for your cast? All right, so um, Joe is obviously played by Bruce Campbell because there's just no one else. Like oh, we're just taking him to. He's in his fifties. Um, we're at a record store again, so we're not at the brewery. Um, and 
Bruce is uh, was a part of a band back in the day, and now he is an impersonator. Okay. So I'm thinking Bubba Hotep, Bruce Campbell, where he could not, he didn't have to be Elvis, but he like has random scenes where he just um, impersonates random rock stars and much to the delight of his crew. Um, he's, he's just more wacky in okay. this one. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if Bruce Campbell can pull off wacky. I don't know if we've ever seen that. Side <laughs> I don't know of if before. you've ever like seen him do any of that, you know? <laughs> um, my Corey is going to be Felissa Rose. <laughs> okay. Because why not? Again, I also, okay, I, I really believe that we need to give, like, our older women actors, like, screen time. Like, let's, so I love um, any modern horror movie that has Felissa Rose or Barbara mm-hmm. Crampton because yep. they're still super beautiful. Um, I, follow, I follow them both them. on Twitter, yeah. I I, yes. I love that. I'm all about empowering, especially, like, the the scream queens of, of yesteryear. They need to be, and how much of a wonderful Easter egg is that for horror nerds? Yeah, thank I mean, you. Perfect. And this is it. This is all-star horror cast. So just stay with me for a minute. So Deb is going to be played by Linnea Quigley, because why not? Okay. And then um, Gina will be played by Barbara Crampton, okay. um, because she's blonde and beautiful and gorgeous. Um, Lucas, he will be played by Kane Hodder. Oh, Kane Hodder, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So we're going with him. And then... Okay, AJ, we've kind of talked about how I'm not a big fan of AJ um, and how he's a little bland mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, I just don't like him. So I put Eli he's, Roth as playing Oh, him. that's amazing. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, AJ is the guy that's just like, I don't get it. Like, I was totally nice to her. I don't know why she won't like me back. Like, where right. like, romantic appreciation is earned almost, that kind of attitude. Yeah. Right. He's exactly. not problematic, but he, had, he but he's definitely a big believer in nice guys finish last in the friend zone. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then Mark is played by um, Bill Mosley. Okay. Bill Mosley is just the best at being wacky and insane. Uh, um, yeah. Anybody that's seen Texas Chainsaw 2 knows that. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, am I missing anyone? I think I covered them. I had uh, Jane, but I didn't have Jane in my remix. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I missed a few oh and rex for... manning is henry rollins because why not that's amazing oh fuck yes <laughs> i need to have rollins and more stuff anyway especially campy horror stuff yes and you know in empire records the horror movie like you got to have a great scene where people are chucking records at your your neck and you're slicing necks with it you're decapitating people with records it's got instruments that are going to be used as weapons there's nice. just so many possibilities Perfect. so yeah straight splatter fest you can totally even have like an homage to Shaun of the Dead and just like a box of vinyl that's being thrown at, you know. Yeah. And the soundtrack could be a major role in the horror movie version of Empire Records. Absolutely. It would have to be. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, that is a better choice than <laughs> this terrible like step is up. It I'm really excited. Musical. I love step up. <laughs> okay. So Joe Reeves, the older owner of the store and is the one kind of like overseeing all the stuff. You want somebody that's like can be kind of a dick, but you still know that he like loves all these people that he's working with. Um, and was in rock of ages that was directed by this director. Uh, we've got Russell brand. Nice. That's perfect. As Joe Reeves. Yeah. I think he, he for this version, I think that is the best choice there. Yeah. Um, then we've got for Lucas, uh, just the weird kid. And if you look at a picture of him and then you put it next to a picture of Lucas from Empire records, it's pretty fucking close. Um, we've got Keir Gilchrist. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, he was uh, in It's Kind of a Funny Story. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, that name sounds so familiar. Yeah. Uh, he's also okay. in a series called Atypical currently that's on, yeah. uh, on Netflix. And he's, Netflix, yeah. he's able to play this kind of straight-faced character. A lot. I don't want to put any kind of terms on Lucas, but the way he behaved reminded me a little bit of Keir's character in Atypical who is on the spectrum. Yeah. But it's just kind of like in, in your own little world and just kind of vibrating at your own frequency a little bit. Yes. And I know that you can do that. All well. About Lucas. So, yeah, yeah, that's Lucas for sure. So I, I think he would have fun in that role. Then for AJ. Yeah. Somebody that is nice enough and cool, but just kind of boring because of how just like, you know, put together and like nice. Um, Zach Efron. Just throw him in there. He's just like, I'm an artist. I, and I, then, I, I Loki can see him being really great in that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love I like Zac Efron like he so knows that he's just a pretty boy and like leans into that goofy role so I like that a lot that's great and I think yeah if he plays the like lovelorn you know 
20 something in this i think that would be uh that'd be a lot of fun to see yes then we got deb um the deb the rebellious one the one so of course i had to cast miley cyrus uh in in this role which uh, i believe adam the director directed a miley cyrus music video back in the day as well so he's got an in there uh with miley uh then we've got gina next and from high school musical three senior year so knows (laughs) knows her shit about a really bad musical type deal uh vanessa hudgens Yes. Been in a, bu- a bunch of other stuff since as well, but beautiful voice, great voice, and yes. uh, she's, she's beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, oh yeah, she was in Journey too with The Rock yep. as well. Also, obviously, um, another Zac Efron connection. So they, they you know, yep. that's probably why Zach's in the movie because she he heard that Vanessa signed on, right? So yeah. Then we've got uh, Mark, and again, still going with this like rock and roll fuckboy type character. Yeah. And in the world of like pop musical, uh, that's got to be Justin Bieber. (laughs) So like if there was a pop singer that you wouldn't be surprised if you woke up and they were sleeping on your couch. um, Yes. If there was a pop singer that you wouldn't be surprised seeing in corduroys, um, like (laughs) dirty, dirty, like oil stained corduroys. uh, It's it's, it's Bieber. It's Bieber. It's the Biebs. (laughs) So that's uh, that's Mark in this one. And then finally, Corey. Uh, the love interest of AJ, um, a.k.a. Zach Efron, uh, a singer and kind of actress, has been in at least a musical at this point. Um, we're, we're going with Tay-Tay. Uh, Miss Taylor Swift is in here. As, uh, <laughs> if as, you will. As, if you will, as Corey. Perfect. She's, I mean, she's the quintessential, um, you know, boy drama, all of it. Love oh, yeah. it. And shout out to Taylor Swift. I love her. Have all the boy drama you need to. And then just for fun, uh, the, instead of Rex Manning, you've got Ricky Martin coming in uh, as like the old pop sensation. Then you're good to go. Not today. Not on Ricky Martin day. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We can't. Not on Ricky Martin That's day. That's amazing. Cut to living La Vida Loca. Right. Music video. <laughs> yeah. Instead of say no more, it's like living La Vida Loca. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I was wanted to fuck him. Like, you know, he's gay, right? It, right? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he's still very pretty. That's great. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so those are our remixes. Uh, now we've got mashups. We've got a couple suggestions from uh, from listeners here. Nice. Uh, first one up is uh, Nick suggested Office Space. Ooh, uh, oh, it's, Records. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Like, is it because if it's an office that's also got records in it, I want to work mm-hmm. at that office. My yeah, office, same. Where is that office? My office does right. not have any records. It's very sad. Um, <laughs> I think more so like just the office space or the the empire records kind of story happening in a mike judge office type office yeah the, so. the cash register becomes like the printer the fat like the copier that everyone hates and they take it out back and smash it with a baseball bat that would be cool or like Co- Corey's on the way to the office like listening to gangster rap and she has to stop and like turn it down right <laughs> <laughs> that it's uh mark and uh was it virgil was there mm-hmm. a virgil? um that they come up with the plan to um skim money like an office space as a oh, way yeah. to try to save the office um, from from being bought out. Is Joe going to be like Lundberg? Or is that oh, more no. like the person? No, it's got to be the person that wants to take over the record store. That person's like Lundberg. That's Lundberg for sure. Yeah. 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 So, so it actually, <laughs> it would be Ron Livingston would be the, the Joe character. Right. Just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. That's more Lucas, I think. I, I thought Lucas. Yeah. And Ron Livingston so, sort of looks like Rory Cochran. So a little bit-ish. Oh, no, there we go. Um the Joe character can be played by uh, the Michael Bolton character from the uh, from Office Space, the one that's like begrudgingly in. <laughs> that uh, it fits perfectly because everyone that comes into the record store asks what his favorite Michael Bolton record is, and he just says all of them. I love all of. I them. love all of them. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you know what? My name's Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then we've got uh, another option is from Michelle Left Eye. We've got Clerks as a mashup. Nice. That. That's a very yeah. easy mashup. Instead of the video yeah. store, you have the record store, and you've got right. them kind of bouncing back and forth between the the uh, convenience store and the yeah. And all also, you gotta do is add Jay and Silent Bob, and you're there. Yeah, I mean, I would be not surprised at all if like they went to the convenience store to get the kegs and the beer for the party right. that they threw yeah, at the exactly. end of Empire Records. They just show up. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Jay so. could honestly be Mark, and then Silent Bob could be his friend or whatever, and it would be just perfect. It'd be perfect, absolutely. Yeah. Then we've got uh, this is a challenging one. Toy Story. 
from uh, Jack the Dungeon Master. So Toy Story, it, that it was specified that the records and stuff come alive at night. I love that. That's so fun. So you could actually have it where the voices, uh, the voices of the records are the singers on the albums yeah. that are coming alive. Oh my gosh, life. I love that. Who do you think is beefing? It's got to be country and like rock and roll, right? No, they go together. But there's got like who? That's awesome. I love that. The ploys leave and the records come to life. It can yes. be like like underground music and popular music. It could be like yeah, you know, pop, mainstream pop versus... singers and like pop country s- singers and stuff against like punk rock bands and metal <laughs> bands and stuff. Is, do you think it's just the um the, the like physical record, the square, like the album that comes to life, or do the actual people like become toys and animated? The actual like the, people, the album, like the album cover. Oh like no! Whoever, I, I like think, the band. I think just the actual album, just, just the just the record. Does they creepily turn? <laughs> Do they sideways? come out of their sleeves, or does that mean they're naked? No, that's like when they stick out their tongue. So oh. the, the side of the record is actually the mouth, <laughs> where they just <laughs> headphones could come to life. That there's totally. so many possibilities there. Guitars yeah. that they just yeah. like, they talk with their their strings. Oh, yeah. all, and the employees just never know. They never come back know. and everything is just put back alphabetically into their right slots. You throw right. in a couple no stairway jokes from Wayne's World and then you're Randy good Newman doing the soundtrack. Of course. Gotta. Yeah. Uh, then Empire. Got Sorry. <laughs> one more that actually ties into one of the actresses from uh, Empire Records is that you do a mashup of Empire Records and The Craft. Uh, Terry suggested. Oh, yes. With Robin Tooney. Yeah. Um, Robin Tooney doing both. And so does someone who works at the store is a low key witch? How do we do that? You could actually have it that Robin Tunney is the same is, is both is characters. Same character? Yeah, same yeah. character. And that she learns the witchcraft and then she goes to Empire Records and then that whole like seance part where they're doing the funeral, it's oh, actually yeah, like the a funeral. It's, it's like actually the light as a feather stiff as a board. It's like one of those and also like calling power to have them save the empire or something. With, yeah, with I love that. Powers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and Gina is obviously a witch. I mean, she's there's no way she's not. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think we got our mashups here, which means nice. we only got one thing left to do before we conclude this uh, oh, episode. Oh, buddy. Yeah, the thing that people either love to hate or love. Uh, we're <laughs> going to be doing our trailers here, so um, I think for mine, I uh, it's tough uh, only because I didn't write a musical number to go with. My oh, musical version. I love your musical numbers. I feel like there would be something lost in in the translation there if I just like yeah. did an announcer voice about a musical. You know, you gotta right. you gotta <laughs> sing some. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Donald Glover directed version myself. Now, for awesome. for you, are you doing your blood splatter fest? Oh or? yeah, I'm going full horror. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, <laughs> let me uh, cue up the music and then we'll get going. What do you do when your livelihood is threatened? When the jobs of you and your friends may no longer exist, do you give up and move on? Or do you band together to damn the man and save the empire? This summer, a new spin on a 90s classic with director Donald Glover as Joe Reeves, Danny Hoodie as Lucas, Lakeith Stanfield as AJ, Zazie Beetz as Deb, Gina as Natalie Dormer, Mark, played by Shia LaBeouf. Oh, this is happening, man. <laughs> and Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Corey. This summer, don't let the Panera Bread keep you down. Grab some friends, grab some brews, and let's save Empire Records. Woo! All right, not the worst I've done. No, I've, I've done solid. far worse than that. So I'm happy. I have no idea where I'm going. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'm excited for your Splatterfest personally. So. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the record store. Turns out there's a maniac on the loose and he hates everything you love about music. Put the needle on the record or die. In the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. Come through the doors. Come through the actual doors of Empire Records. Save yourself. Don't press pause. Keep going or else you will be dead. Join Bruce Campbell as Joe. Felissa Rose as Corey. 
Barbara Crampton as Gina. And for some reason, Kane Hodder as Lucas as they try to band together and damn the man to hell. Empire Records, or the last track, might be the last of your life. That was wonderful. I love that. That was fantastic. Hell yeah. This is, I'm really glad that you came on to do Empire Records. This has been so much fun just to kind of deconstruct this movie that we've were yes. obsessed over. I'm Still, so happy to do that. Uh, yeah, my first non-horror episode on on the GUI network. I'm yeah, honored. Well, you're, I think your first Smack My Pitch Up was the live Exorcist. That's uh, right. Smack My Pitch Up. So <laughs> I was like, hey, get back to those. do you want to dress up as a nun, go up on stage and talk yes, about the Exorcist? Anytime. Like, cool. Yeah, no problem. So <laughs> Right um, on. Well, thank you for inviting me to do this. Absolutely. Thanks for coming yeah. on. This has been a blast. And- yeah, whenever you guys are ready, vaccinated or comfortable, just let me know and we'll do an outdoor movie or something. Oh, we need and to. Get together. The weather's yeah. starting to get nice. But yeah. if uh, well, while people are stuck inside, there's a option for them to read your blog, listen to some podcast episodes um, at Nerdcropolis. If you could share the info on that for us. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, nerdcropolis.com. Go check out some of my blog episodes. Uh, blog posts. And then I also have a podcast. You can catch up on some of the episodes while I'm working on new ones. I've actually gone on a wrong turn odyssey. So I've watched all six wrong turn films. I've watched the new ones and I'm planning on doing this whole compilation of uh, ranking all those. So look forward to that. Yeah. I've been uh, following you on Instagram uh, at like a creep and just watching <laughs> the progression of you watching, you know, your your binges that you go through and it's always really interesting to see yes. you just diving in and wrong turn. I oh, did I not realize it. has like 18 sequels at this point. They have six sequels. It's crazy. crazy. Well, seven, if you include the new one. Um, and I can't recommend in good faith that you go past number two, but um, definitely check out the new one. It's great. Is the second one, the one with Henry Rollins in it? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> well, uh, can they find you? Is it nerdcropolis on Instagram? At nerdcropolis on Instagram. Okay, perfect. That is definitely a good way to keep track of you is on there. You post pretty regular. So Um, thank you so much again for being on. This has been a blast. Uh, Thank you listeners for tuning in, listening to another episode. Make sure to rate and review on uh, any of the places you can do that for your podcast. You know the deal. This isn't your first show that you've listened to. And uh, definitely tell your friends and find us next week for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit and you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com I don't know. They were pretty uh, pretty underground. You may not know uh, this band uh, called Vertical Horizon. My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. Hey guys, Scotty Big Daddy Preston here. That's right, the Geek Father asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So remember, join us or cry.